0: welcome to coaching the whole educator the podcast that helps instructional coaches teacher leaders and school leaders i'm becca former educator and school coach turned transformational coach of coaches i'm on a mission to help you improve your educators effectiveness and resilience especially the ones who need it most each week we'll cover quick tips strategies and coaching mindsets so that you can be on top of your coaching game. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, 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 coaches and leaders. I have the fantastic Tammy Shaw on with me, who is a school district leader in Edmond, Oklahoma, um, who I, I, the whole educator has been partnering with Edmond schools to put on the peer coaching academy. She is so well read. Her and I like totally geek out about lots of stuff. Our philosophies match up so much. I wanted to have her on the show because she, I love the way she has been pioneering how to retain and support early career educators. Before I go any further into this very exciting topic, I wanted to welcome you, Tammy, to the show. Thanks for having me, Becca. So before we move in, I want you to share with everyone your extensive experience in education.
1: What do you do? I will, but I do have to tell you one of my trainer rookie mistakes that I tell everybody not to do is to don't start with your resume because nobody cares until you actually (laughs) add value and then you can tell them who you are. So we're going to violate that and I'm going to make the rookie (laughs) mistake and tell you about myself first. So I have 16 years in public education uh, focused on learning and talent development. So I have been an eighth grade teacher, which is the best grade in Tucson, Arizona. Primarily I taught math, but also some English and English learners and then um, have been a curriculum coordinator that was developing online curriculum for um, another organization that served private and public in Arizona. And then um, after the teaching and curriculum work, I was an ed tech trainer in two different districts, lots of facilitating of learning. And then right now I am the professional development specialist in Edmond Public Schools. So I want to jump right in. So first, I want to ask you, how do you define an early career educator? Like, why why don't you call them new teachers? We're really passionate about this one. Uh, in Edmond, we use early career to mean years one, two, and three. But you could define that any way you wanted in your district or your context. Words are important. We know that they bring clarity or they bring confusion. So the word new is not something we're opposed to, but we observed quickly when you say new teacher people are like, do you mean new to the district? But I have 20 years of experience. Do you mean new in August? Or do you mean new, like I got hired mid-year and now it's December? So in Edmund, it's years one, two, and three. And then inductee means it's your first year. I love that. And
0: and I I really want to highlight, you say words are important. And if you really choose the right words, you don't have to clarify. That's, that's so powerful. How does Edmund currently support the success and retention of early career educators? Like, what, what are all the things Edmund does? And it's 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 a
1: systemic thing, right? There's wraparound that happens, not just one thing. I love the said system. It's a systemic thing. Uh, and we're building and refining this. So we got those temporary federal funding from ESSER. And one of our projects within that bucket of money that will run out soon was to look at how do we support our mentors, and our early career, mainly inductee teachers. Um, So we're, we're refining this as we go. But before I talk about how we support those early career educators, you said retention of early career educators as well. And I just want to nod to the fact that retention is multifaceted and ongoing. It is not like we did this thing and now you're going to stay forever. We know everyone wants to be seen and valued and heard. We know that everybody wants a culture that jives with them. And that organizational culture is huge. You need a friend at work, you need a path for growth. You need to be doing joy that brings work, that brings you joy, Uh, have to know your impact. If you don't feel like you're actually making a difference, you're not gonna stay, which teachers don't often struggle with. Uh, We know our impact, sometimes we're just tired, Uh, but then the systems have to support you and your leadership has to be strong. So we wanna retain our early career teachers and we wanna retain our experienced teachers But this episode, I'm just going to tell you the things we put in place to support the early career because we know retention is much bigger than anything I could just run through with. I love that you said that. Thank you. With all that, you know, off my high horse, back to the cool things Edmund's doing to support our early career teachers. We have uh, site-based mentors. These have been in place for a long time. And... What they are responsible for, what their expectations are, have kind of shifted over time. Last year, we allowed them to try, schools could choose to try a team of mentors instead of signing one mentor to one inductee. Um, And that was really successful because those mentor teams could be pretty diverse in experience levels. Like you might have a year three or four teacher who's just been there and you might have a year 20 teacher who knows everything. Um, And those mentors and mentor teams at the schools are focused on logistics, like how we run parent-teacher conferences here. And they're focused on those continual affirmations. Hey, inductee, it's your first year ever. I see you. You're doing great. This year's hard. Keep at it. That's their focus because they're full-time educators too. So they don't have a bunch of time to coach. Mm The second thing that we do and we piloted it last year, and then we went all in this August and we're convinced we have to keep doing this as we brought the Champs and Stoic training from Trisha McHale-Skiles on classroom management and system design. And we invited our inductees, but we also invited experienced teachers so that we had common language and common understanding. And that training, the reviews and the value for those teachers before they start the school year has been mind-blowing, just absolutely Mm -hmm. incredible. (laughs) So setting them up with the right training for common language and classroom management. This school year, we're trying subscription boxes, which is a little bit fun and silly, uh, but the concept is like how you get, you know, your Stitch Fix or your Cigar of the Month or whatever it is that gets delivered. Anyone who's an educator in the district can sign up for the monthly subscription box and it'll be simple and silly and have a theme every month, but it will also have a couple of teaching strategies or something to reflect on so that an inductee and their mentor could open those together and say okay we're both going to try the 321 strategy in the next 2 weeks and then talk about how it went what mistakes what did we like what did we not like so they can make some of those micro movements together i love this idea i just have to interrupt for a second i've never heard of this and i think it's
0: brilliant to you know to mimic structures that really work outside of schools, right? Why not bring them into schools, right? We know they work. Our psychology, we are consumers. I'm a consumer of Stitch Fix. I love it. Do not like to shop, right? And so it meets my knees. I don't want to go out and put the effort in. Someone will put the effort in and it arrives. I love this
1: idea. Yeah. So uh, two other structures that we have in place to support early career teachers are, I think our biggest shifts over last school year. We hired, we created some positions that we call early career coaches, There are just a handful of them at the district level. You know, we have 29 schools here in Edmond, um, and those coaches that we've hired are absolutely incredible. (laughs) They complement what we already had in place, which are curriculum and content specialists who want another unique thing in Edmond. Often that position in other districts is very behind the computer and logistics and our content curriculum specialists are in classrooms. They're in our PLC meetings with collaborative teams. Um, So early career educators already had content support from those roles. We just layered in early career coaching for classroom management support. Mm -hmm. And the final thing we've tried last year that we're continuing or now in year two that Becca, you're a part of, uh, is we created the Peer Coaching Academy as a way to train our mentors but also to equip anyone in the district who has some experience and wants to get better they're gaining the skill set to coach themselves to receive coaching to reflect on video of themselves and how to coach other people down the hall whether that is a second year teacher or somebody who's been doing it for 15 years and just has this class that they can't solve the puzzle And they need someone else to come in and say, oh, I noticed this. Tell me more about that. So Mm -hmm. in the Peer Coaching Academy, they get a half-day workshop. And then if they sign up for the year long, they have all these different sections of trust-building activities they try with colleagues and then coaching cycles. So they get on-site coaching. Like Becca will come in and you'll do some Mm -hmm. coaching for the people who are learning to be better coaches and mentors. And then um, they'll... I guess I don't have to describe the whole academy, but they'll practice coaching each other. They'll video coach mm-hmm. themselves and they'll coach somebody at their school that they you know, aren't necessarily super comfortable with to practice what that's like and build the culture of constant feedback in the district. So that benefits our early careers because after once they're year one, there aren't as many systematic supports in place in Edmond at this time. But if there are peer coaches in their building who can constantly come and say, oh, I can coach you. Do you want to come give me feedback? Then the culture shifts where there's support for them organically at their building.
0: So a couple of things I want to comment on. One is I love the Peer Coaching Academy for so many reasons. I think it's very well thought out, the structure. One of the main goals is to normalize coaching. Like in Edmond Public Schools, it is normal, right? We're growing this, we're not there. But it we, it is becoming normal for us to coach each other, Right. And the other piece I want to comment, all of those supports that you have around early career educators really support the different levels of willingness, which I know you and I have talked about, right? So it's different We if we differentiate skill versus will, right? So it's not how how skilled an, uh, an early career educator is, but how willing are they to change? So in that in that, um, in all the supports, right. You could have your eager teachers that are just like, yes, I'm ready to go. Give me all the things I'm ready to go all the way down to stop teachers that are like, I, I, am I'm scared. I know what I I chose, or I think, I think <laughs> this is the, this is me in my first year. I think I know what I'm doing. I'm fine. Uh, I don't need help. Right. So you have give all, all those supports to meet those different needs instead of a one shot deal, like this is our one support.
1: Take it or leave it, right? I love it. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned that deprivatizing education. and Edmund, we're really proud. our one of our core values is collaboration, and there's always room for growth and learning new skill set. But coaching and giving feedback in a way that isn't just advice mm-hmm. is its own skill set. So it's really neat that we can layer that in to what's already a very collaborative culture. right. And being intentional about what you call coaching.
0: Right, and I, I, I think that's one of the biggest breakdowns in in districts that they say, yeah, we have coaches. And my first question is, what do you call coaching? Let me ask you, Tammy, do you protect your coaches from being given kind of other duties as designed, having to do bus duty, or now they're not assigned to schools though, right? And that's
1: one of the benefits is because Mm -hmm. they are they have an office at a school that they share this big collaborative space as an early career coaching team. Uh, There are six of them plus two on the special ed team who live at our special ed um, team building, but then come over and collaborate with the coaches as well. So they're not in danger of that as much Mm -hmm. as our full-time instructional coach in the building is. But we knew from the beginning, just learning from other districts, when you have instructional coaches, it can be easy for them to become the kitchen sink because when something's on fire, you know, there's a class without a teacher or you can go coach that fifth year teacher who is ready for feedback. Like, Somebody mm-hmm. has to be in that class without a teacher to put out that momentary unexpected fire. So, yeah, it's that, I think that's a challenge every district probably faces who has instructional coaches at their schools and role mm-hmm. clarity and what to do in those scenarios is helpful. But we've been blessed that the early career coaches model that we're figuring out and pioneering, they're not in an individual school.
0: I think it's so powerful. I was just with the Mississippi Department of Education working with their regional coaches last week. And they attribute so Mississippi's been making national news because of their growth in reading. And and I I asked the state leaders, what, what's caused this growth? And they said, well, part of the law, that's there's, there's actually laws that were put in place that that help this growth happen. And part of the law mandates. Or protects that coaches cannot be used for anything besides coaching within schools, and they said that is a huge part of how we grew. And I'm, I'm like, yes, everyone needs to hear this. Um, so I, I, I have one, one more question for you, and I um would love to hear actually what mistakes have you made around in the past around supporting early career educators. I'm so curious.
1: I feel like we're constantly learning and, you know, (laughs) making mistakes. So I think there's probably two or three that are worth mentioning with our early career supports and reimagining that whole program. One is just in general, this is probably across the nation. I think we undervalue and sometimes have a negative connotation for our early career educators who come from non-traditional paths. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, that's changing. And especially in Edmond, you know, but it used to be, we would say like, oh my gosh, that emergency certified teacher that alternative certified teacher, instead of this beautiful thing I've seen shift this summer in our district, there's this, what career did you come from? And why are you choosing public (laughs) ed now? That's so amazing. And just um, acknowledging the value that they bring if they didn't take a traditional university track, while equally loving the value that's brought from the people who knew they wanted to be teachers since they were five and went to school for it. Uh, Uh So changing our language and our, our mindset a little bit about everyone who's coming in as a first year teacher having value. And then I think our biggest mistake is, and maybe this is just specific to me and an Edmund, but role clarity. Mm, that is not specific that, to you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Role clarity and goal clarity are something that are should be present in every single scenario, pretty much every part of life, especially work. And, um, Plan on writing a book on that someday, but I think Rule (laughs) Thirty has been challenging because we were designing early career coaching while telling principals and the teachers that were being supported, "This is what it is," Mm -hmm. while still figuring Mm -hmm. it out. And then Mm -hmm. our mentors who've been in place for a while and they're at the schools were like, "I I used to do that, so do I not do that now, or do they?" So there's that was our biggest mistake was not quite having this clarity to be able to mm-hmm. communicate what every different part of the support system does and what they mm-hmm. don't do so that we don't step on toes. So there are some pain points and you know, real life is messy, uh, but I think mm-hmm. we're getting closer to having clarity. And then after we work through this year with what we think is clear, we'll reflect again and say, okay, where do we need to wipe off the glasses and sharpen up who mm-hmm. does what?
0: Yeah. Yep, yeah, I love that. And I, I, I did say that was my last question, but I do have one more because I, I want to, I, I really, I'm so interested in hearing from you. This is our year two with Peer Coaching Academy, right? So we went through a whole year. We've done the beginning onboarding of uh, Peer Coaching Academy. We had initial PDs, right? So I'm, I'm so curious, what differences have you experienced in the district after that full year of running peer coaching academy
1: the the difference i think is something we're going to see this year because it is a year-long academy so they were Mm. the people who participated last year were gaining the skill set and they're going to be implementing maybe a little bit stronger this year but the feedback from that academy those participants were you know this is the most powerful professional development i've ever experienced because it was embedded and met them where they were but coached them up and gave them leadership roles at the same time so i think valuing our people helping them feel valued and grow is something we've already seen we have heard a lot of our current mentors who don't have to coach use some of their skill set from the peer coaching academy because they chose to be part of that training and then they're doing notice and wonder feedback that's unbiased when they're able to help their inductees So better questioning is something Mm -hmm. we've seen notice Mm -hmm. and wonder Mm -hmm. as a framework for their language for feedback is something we've seen. And then we've also seen some schools start to adopt creative ways to have a culture of feedback, like pineapple charts, even if they didn't call them that and they organized them differently Mm -hmm. ways to observe each other as colleagues started popping up in some of the schools where there were peer coaches going through the academy. Yes. I love that. So
0: I hate to do this. I uh, We have to wrap up. I'm loving this conversation. I would I would love you to share um, with the listeners, where can they find you
1: um, and the work that you do? My website is positivestrategery.com. And it's intentionally positive strategery. Everyone's like, how do you say that? Is that our supposed to be there? Because um, we need to have a little bit of fun with the strategy that we're implementing. So positivestrategory.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and occasionally on Twitter, but more active on LinkedIn as Tammy Shaw, tamishaw A W two six one four. It's not my address, but it's a favorite Bible verse. So you can find me at, on LinkedIn or on my website. Love that. And I'll have both those links in
0: the show notes as well. So thank you again for sharing all the extraordinary work you're doing. And Edmund, thank you for being on the show.
1: Becca, I'm going to hold you to it. I cannot, I'm looking at like my list of PD tips right now going, yeah, we have to do an episode on this. We have to talk about how to facilitate better learning because it's so many practical things. So I'm going to look forward to that next time.
0: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Me too. Peer Coaching Academy that we discussed during this episode was truly a collaboration between Edmond Public Schools and Compass Advantage. So we will put the link to the Peer Coaching Academy's page on Compass Advantage's site right in the show notes for you if you'd like to know more about the nuances of Peer Coaching Academy or want to reach out and know more to see if you'd like to bring it to your school or your district. And until next time, just remember, don't treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat them how they want to be treated. Take care.